This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like, when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's supposed to be matter of theology, but it's questionable. It's, chips and beer questionable. Hour. <laughs> it's Monday, gents. <laughs> Oh, it is Monday, boys. It is Monday. And, and and thank goodness no one else can see my face anyway because of the bags that are <laughs> under my eyes. Like I got like a, maybe an hour, two hours max of sleep last yeah. night. You know, I the past two days I've actually gotten to sleep. Well, Saturday and Sunday I got to sleep in. So I was only supposed to work a half day Saturday because um, yeah. we just had family stuff going on. But when I actually went to work, uh the work I had to do wasn't there. Like, so for those of you who don't know, I deliver FedEx and they were supposed to have my truck loaded with half the route while I go there. And those packages aren't in my truck and come to find out they had unloaded the truck. Some of the package handlers had unloaded the truck. Um, so I got to go home and then I got to sleep. I was about to say, I was about to say, yeah, that's so, one of those. Uh, sorry, sorry, y- y'all. You guys messed up. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 This is one of your messes. I'm not cleaning up. That's right. That's no. right. So, so I got Hard to cast. sleep in, uh, because Christmas time is the worst for FedEx, UPS, oh yeah, uh, drivers. And I was barely hanging on, man. I was just beat up, and I needed some rest. Yeah, yep. I understand. And the heaviest hasn't even come yet. I know it's next week, right? No, it's this week actually. So Wednesday, well, I guess this sh- this show drops on Fridays. So Wednesday, when you're listening to this, uh, check, would have check been on Drew, our... see if he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I this may, may or may not be the last episode of Matter of Theology, depending on the rest <laughs> of this week. Goes That's right. You that know? is correct. Well, isn't so, your uh, wife just about ready to uh, to pop? Yeah, ready to pop. Yeah, she is. Yeah, that's so real soon, uncomfortable. isn't it? Yeah. Um yeah. supposed to be January. We'll see what happens. She's carrying very low. Um, she is, yeah. And uh she's just very uncomfortable. So there's like I feel bad because there's nothing I can do 
She's just uncomfortable yeah. all the time, and I can't you do could, anything. You about could it. just walk around going, and this this kind of will lead us into our our text tonight. Swing low, <laughs> sweet cherry. <laughs> <heart>. <laughs> Coming forth to yeah. deliver the baby home. <laughs> That's right, I could. Oh, but man, you're welcome. Anyways, we are continuing in Romans eleven. What are we? What verses are we hitting today? I am we so are, lost. Uh, knocking man. out. Yeah, uh, yeah, eighteen through twenty-four. Um, eighteen through twenty-four, and this okay. is a very um, full section of scripture. Um, so, spent a lot of time <laughs> unpacking uh, some of this stuff, and spent a lot of time uh, listening to, reading, and researching uh, some. Uh, so some some uh, other uh, theologians and pastors, uh, uh, elder statesmen, uh, unpack some of this stuff, um, and it's uh, it's it. There's some there's some heavy heavy uh, rebuke and admonishment in this section of scripture. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be this is gonna be good and this is gonna be fun. And uh, once we're on the opposite side of it, and the reason I say that is not because I. I'm, oh gosh, we got to plow through this. No, it's not that. It's just the content here mm-hmm. is it, it makes you, it, it'll check you, uh, as scripture does, right? Double-edged sword, piercing bone marrow. And, um, and Paul is very, very direct. And this applies, uh, to us in our day in so many ways. Um, so when we recorded 11 through 17, there was a lot going on in the world of evangelical Christianity and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and there still is, I mean, uh, just this past week, uh, and Drew, please put this in the link to this in the show notes because it's free. Mm-hmm. Founders Ministries, um, Dr. Tom Askell, Jared Longshore, Chocolate Knox, uh, they they released this, they call it a synodoc. It's a documentary um, and uh, called By What Standard? And uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, they tackle in depth and detail in this synodoc, and it's absolutely free to watch. It is very, very well done, very thoughtful, very humble, but very direct. Uh, when it and asked the question, by what standard are we living um, in the church? Uh, are we, are, you know, do yes, we say we hold to the inerrancy and infallibility and the sufficiency of Scripture, but do we truly, uh, when it comes to issues such as complementarianism? Uh, when it comes to critical race theory and intersectionality, um, just very, now very this, well done. Uh, now, the the trailer for this documentary caused a lot of uproar. Uh, so does now in the actual documentary, is it because you said it was it was thoughtful and very well done? Does yes. it kind of tone down what the trailer presented? No, and kind of. It's it, it just. No, uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, they, but the, the premise of it, uh, and again, just, just watch it and, uh, and I'll go ahead and, and I'll throw a disclaimer and a public announcement. I'm because I'm tired. Um, I, I will do my best to make sure that thoughts line up and, uh, with words tonight, uh, or whenever you listen to this, but, uh, no, I, I mean, th- they tackle, um, uh, 
everything, like I said, from complementarian, soft complementarian, egalitarianism, uh, critical race theory, intersectionality, basically everything that went on at the Southern Baptist Convention in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, different resolutions, just 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 the, the hot button issues. Um, you know, th- this this documentary was made before Go Home, quote unquote, Go Home, mm-hmm. um, uh, gate, Go Home Gate. Yeah. Um, but, well, just because because I asked that just because. Because of the the trailer, people would be turned off by it. So this, so the the actual full documentary kind of gives more context to the trailer. A lot more, a lot more context. And then, uh, man, if if you guys are not following Dr. Tom Askell uh, and Founders Ministries on social media, you should. They, they put out some great content. Uh, their podcast, The Sword and the Trials, excellent. Um, and uh, be praying for for Tom. He he took a nasty spill after their Founders mm-hmm. Conference. Um, and so, yeah. uh, so we were, he we're had praying something for like a, some, he's doing uh, better face passed out or something. I, yeah. He passed out, fell on his face and, and, and had multiple fractures and was in ICU and it was touch and go for, mm-hmm. for a little bit. And, um, right after the, the founders ministry conference that they had at the beginning of December. Um, and, it, and I mean, he, he preached three or four times at the conference and then preached on Sunday and was ministering to his church there in Cape Coral, Florida and just passed out. Um, you know, so uh, but excellent, excellent documentary. And and when I say humble, th- they are very direct. Um, but how the documentary wraps up is is Tom saying all of us as as pastors, myself as a pastor, I need to repent for the for the you know the the, the times that I haven't spoken up and said something when I hear or see something that goes against the standard of the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, and and he he pleads for uh, pastors and leaders and us as believers everywhere to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just phenomenal. It really is. Uh, it's a lot of information. Um, and, uh, and I'll leave you with this. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll quote something that's in the first just two minutes of the film, uh, that made me sit back in my seat and I put this on Twitter, but there was a guy talking, I don't remember who it was. Uh, but he said, you know, if I were someone on the outside wanting to bring down Christianity, all I would have to do is make them woke because they would tear themselves down from the inside. Mm, wow. That's how it starts. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm. Um, and uh, so uh, on, on so many levels, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it, it's very well done. So, you know, getting into our, our what we're talking about tonight um, is, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I am, and, and I know these guys would, were, would be okay with it too, but we are going to continue to point, our listeners to who are interested in this topic to do to those men, uh, those elder statesmen who, who have shown themselves to be, uh, you know, men that are able to be trusted, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, you know, men like, like Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker and the just thinking podcast, Dr. John MacArthur, Dr. Vody Bauckham, uh, you know, M- M- Tom Askell, founders ministries, uh, um, you know, all, all those guys that, that, that do this well, and, and tackle this well. So, uh, so yeah. So should we, should we, should we dive in? Let's dive in. Do the thing. All right. So we'll start uh, in verse 18. Um, it says, uh, it says this, do not be arrogant toward the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. You will say then branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, 
he will not spare you either. Behold then the kindness and severity of God to those who fell severity, but to you, God's kindness. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you will also be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue uh, in their unbelief, will be grafted in for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted in contrary to nature into the cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? So uh, again, like, you, you know, you, you may hear that or, or if you're not driving, as we continue to say, and you're reading that with us, uh, you may just go, okay, what, what? <laughs> I kind of get the first part, but what about the second? So, uh, so we'll start right here at the, uh, again, uh, just kind of backing up, remembering, um, the, the context of what we're talking about here. Uh, this is Paul talking about the present and future condition of the nation Israel, uh, and the actual chosen remnant, the, the elect nation, the elect people inside the nation Israel, uh, those that will be saved, um, uh, just the way that you and I are right. We are elected, chosen, regenerated, given the faith to believe. Uh, and we're going to see that here in, in just a few minutes. And so, but, but Paul here is continuing to encourage the Gentiles. Remember he's writing to the Gentiles, verse 13, but I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles and as much then as I'm, I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. So he is reminding the Gentiles, don't be arrogant. This is a command. Okay, this is this is a, this is what would be called an, an imperative. All right. This is uh, based on what we've just read. Right. Um, don't be arrogant. Don't be boastful. Don't exalt over. Um, now, why would the why would the Gentiles be arrogant? What would cause Paul to say, don't be arrogant? Well, you look at what, what's what's, you know, uh, pr- often you'll hear people say that pride is the root of all sin. Right. That, that it's that it's it's pride. Uh, it's us thinking higher uh, of ourselves, lofty thinking of ourselves, um, uh, uh, the, the privilege and the blessing. Uh, and Paul kind of referred to that a little bit um, in verse nine. Let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Um, he's talking, of course, about the Jews, but that can also happen to the Gentiles where mm-hmm. these blessings that we receive because God has chosen us, redeemed us, given us the grace to believe and see. Um, that can become a prideful thing, right? We can, we can boast in our knowledge even, uh, that can even be a stumbling block to us. Um, yeah. but Josh, it's that, that like lofty thinking. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, no, I was just going to say like, you know, in specifically in context and it's a, and it's highly applicable to us as well too, but don't be arrogant toward the branches. It would have been very easy for the Gentiles in that time to look at the Jews and say, Hey, you guys crucified Jesus. We mm. didn't. Yeah. You reject yeah. you yep. rejected yep. it. So it went to you first. You said no, he came to us. Right. And it would be very easy for there to be that that you know socioeconomic, that diversity line drawn. That's right. Between the Jews and the Gentiles, based around the fact that yeah, salvation did come to the Jews first, they rejected it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. They rejected yep. Christ. And now that's something that the Gentiles can be like, yes, we didn't. Yeah. Right. And right. it's right. cause for them to be prideful. Right. Yeah. So you bring that into us. Uh, 
we have the gospel, we have the truth that's been given to us by Christ, mm-hmm. right? But we can fall into the exact same trap and withhold Absolutely. sharing the gospel mm-hmm. to other people, right? right? Based yeah, we talked on about that last time, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, uh, talking about the Jews, right? Paul refers to them as the natural branches, and he moves in talking about right. the olive tree, and the olive yeah. tree is symbolic of the nation of Israel, and the root that he mentions here, the root is uh, Abraham. That's right. Uh, because he's the one that 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 the the nations would be blessed. That that the seed right, would come. Yep. That's right. Yep. Um, so, I mean, what we're seeing when when he's talking to the Gentiles is Israel is now outside the church, and now the Gentiles are inside the church. That's right. Yep. Right. But right. Uh, he's going to go into talking about just because the unnatural branches are now being grafted in. How much greater is it going to be for those who are the natural branches to come back to the tree? Yeah. How how much, how much easier is it? And we'll get there. But, but I mean, if, if God can, you know, and and Paul specifically says God is able, that's, that's a big section of this, this passage. But if God is able to do what is seemingly impossible and take a wild olive, you know, wild olives and graft them in, uh, and they still receive the same fruit as the natural olives, uh, who are already there is, is next to it other than apart from the power of God and the sovereignty of God is impossible. So if he can do that, it's not impossible for him to, uh, to, to, to save those who are of the natural olive tree and, and, and bring them in. Um, we're all wild olives are hurt guys. That's right. That's right. We talked about our tattoo last time too. We did. We haven't gotten it yet. Kansas city is still waiting. Yes. Kansas city is still waiting. Uh, so, uh, so he says, yeah, do, do not be arrogant, right? Um, don't towards the branches though. Those have been cut off, right? The apostate, the disobedient Jews. Um, but, but if you are arrogant, um, remember that it is not you who supports or carries or bears as a burden, the root, but it mm. is the root, uh, that supports you. And, and Drew, you, that's a good call out, man. The root goes deep. Remember what we said last time about olive trees, and how deep their roots go and how strong their roots are and how long they live. And, and, and again, right. this is Paul and, and, and you're going to hear me say this a ton and him being that master teacher, um, uh, inspired by the Holy spirit, um, him even saying, but the root, uh, when talking about this, this word picture, uh, of the olive tree is significant. And, and we already said, you know, Genesis 12, three, that promise to, that Abraham to Abraham, um, uh, about the, you know, we now us as Gentiles, as those wild olives, as Josh said, uh, we are the descendants of Abraham. That is who we are. Well, and that's, that's Um, the problem with pride. And that's, that's what always hits us is, that's what was hitting the, the the Gentiles. That's what was hitting, hitting us is we think we're the root. We think we're a big deal. That's right. right. We That's think right. that salvation. Now we might not, <clears throat> we might not actually think this or actually verbally say this, but when we're withholding the gospel from anyone, right? Anyone based on anything at all, when we are withholding it, our actions are saying that we believe we are the source of that truth. Yeah. And therefore we are the decider to quote George W. Bush we are the decider that that is in charge of 
deciding who gets the gospel and who does not. Yeah. You know, Mission I was, uh, uh, if you know, if you know of, uh, Tony Miano, Tony Miano is yep. a, uh, an open air preacher and I believe he's up in Iowa right now, but, uh, uh, he, he would have people that would, that he would talk to just about open air preaching. And they would say, you know, they'd always give some excuse, you know, I can't, I can't give the gospel. I can't do that. It's not my calling, blah, blah, blah. And he would just look at him and say, that's because you love yourself too much. You're too worried about what people are going to think about you. It's a pride fear issue. Fear of man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fear of man. Fear of man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we need to remember all of us, um, uh, right, who who we were and who we are now and, and who brought uh, who brought us here and who holds us up and, uh, and, and, and what does that say about us and how we are to love the Lord and love others? Uh, and, and Josh just going, speaking to your point, that's exactly right. Um, you know, us remembering, uh, and I think that's been one of, one of my big takeaways from studying Romans 11, uh, for me personally, is just the, the Holy Spirit bringing to mind all of the ways that I fall short and, and it just absolutely blowing me away. And wrecking me that God would still choose me and graft me in um, as a wild olive into the natural mm-hmm. tree in spite of myself. Uh, and so th- there's, there's a level of humility that, 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 that comes there. Um, you know, and, and, and I want to give a, an example that I just uh, found out today. Um, it, it's very sad, too. But this is uh, from a professing believer uh, who runs a a, a very well-known discernment ministry. Um, and they're known as slandering keyboard by some, uh, but they put out an article recently because, uh, in Bethel church, and we all know the heresies of Bethel church. If you know, if you follow us, uh, for any amount of time in Bethel church, apparently one of the worship leaders, I believe, uh, had a, a daughter or something pass away, two years old, a daughter pass away. Yeah, it was really, and, really sad. Yeah, it, it is really sad. But this article that was written was basically trying to be a slap in the face to Bethel by saying uh, uh, about their, minis- their, their team to raise the dead, and they failed. Mm. And in that moment, does that show the heart of Christ? No, no, that's arrogance. And that's, that's I mean, what we, that should break our hearts because yeah. what we should do is that's a church, quote unquote church of lost people who well, don't and know even, Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and to that point, the, those, the, those, the people in that church as, as terrible as those heresies are and the, the, the chicanery. Uh, that goes on there. Absolutely. That's awful. Not taking away from that. Those are still people made in the Imago day. Those are still people made in the yeah. image of God and we are called to love them. And in my mind, you know, my, my mind immediately runs to first Corinthians 13 one. If I have the, 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 all the gifts, I have the the gift of languages and angel, angel languages, which obviously we know Paul's being sarcastic there but have not love. I am a noisy gong and a clanging symbol. If you can't, if you can't show love to somebody who just lost a child, um, a professing believer, whether they are or not, um, I don't care. You, you show them love that, that you, you shelve that crap. That's ridiculous. Well, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Absolutely. 
we see the heart of Christ for the lost people. Was everybody in Jerusalem? He look, he look here. He wept for the city that he knew just however much much longer uh in the future was going to be calling for his head. Yep. He knew this. He knew the crowds that he was with and he still wept for them. Yeah. He still had a heart for the lost because he loved them, right? And people who are writing those articles and like that's that 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 is a that is a Mark Driscoll how dare you moment. Yeah. Right? Those those individuals yeah. need to be called out. Yeah. And said don't 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 ever. Please look, right. if you're going to do that in all grace, please stop calling yourself a Christian. Yes. We, well, and here's we don't, and we're going we're, we're going to go back here later in the episode, but I'm going to go ahead and go here now. Um just just because it it, it applies uh in in so many ways to to people like that. Um, and, and it's a good gut check for all of us, right? Philippians two, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have have this mm-hmm. attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. And yeah. then he launches into, of course, that, that be like Christ uh, section, which again, we're going to get into this a little bit later too, but, um, yeah. but it specifically applies to that. It's like, th- 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 there's no place for that. That's not the time for it. Right. And there, there is a time and a place for Absolutely. righteous mockery, right? Like Elijah and the prophets of Baal. There's a time and a place, but when someone loses Great a story. child, right? Uh, that is definitely not the, not the time to, to show your mockery of them. That's a time to weep uh, for for those who, who really are in a place that don't know Christ because they are not taught Christ. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Amen. Well, and that's that. That's the. I mean, these two verses are are. It's Paul's warning against against haughtiness. That's that that that's what this is. Um, uh, and 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 you know, verse nineteen. Uh, he and and he's anticipating the the argument. He's anticipating the attitude. The uh, he says, "You will say then, you know, b- branches mm-hmm. were broken off so that I may be grafted in." Right. It's um, all about me, and, right? Right, right. And they're broken off because of unbelief, right? Um, and, 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 and the statement is true, but that statement is absolutely true. But the attitude that Paul was referring to is, is, is the issue. Salvation is completely a work and this, and we've said this a bunch during this, this series on Romans 11, salvation is completely a work of the sovereign intervention and, and uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the the Trinity is a Trinitarian work, and is not based on any sort of race or ethnic preference, any sort of worthiness, um, uh, it, 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 social, intellectual, moral strength. It is by faith mm-hmm. alone, right? And, and not to and get that, uh, not to get cage stagey, but this you know verse nineteen, right? This is the uh, <clears throat> autonomous will of man saying they didn't believe, I believed. I believed, right? right? I'm yeah. better than them because I believed, right? That's right. That's but which right. goes back to That's your point right. that that salvation is a work of man, or not a work of man, a work of God, yep. not a work of man. Therefore, right. yeah. do not be arrogant and haughty and boastful. 
Well, and remember, like it, it says, you know, and, 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 and again, that statement's true. Branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. So right. the literally grafted in means means to make you were made to stand and it's passive, meaning that it requires an outside work, uh, just like the hardening that we talked about um, earlier uh, in Romans 11, right. the hardening that happens, the blinding that happens like it, it is a passive act. Um, you were brought in, grafted in, made to stand. It is not something you did. Well, and, and I don't know so if any of you guys have ever actually had to engraft branches, but I, but I grew up in Eastern Washington. Uh, we did a lot of, um, orchards out there. Right. And a lot of times you, we would have to, if a tree was dying or we wanted to <clears throat> bring more fruit. And so you, we would have to engraft a branch. That's that's actually a process that you do. And in order to do that, yes, you need like one, the tree can't engraft its own branch. You need an external source to be able to do that. Right. But you have to get it together and then secure it either with really strong like tape or rope, something to keep it in place so that the skin can heal. The fibers can start to connect and and it becomes part of the tree. Right. But if you were just to remove the thing securing it, the branch would just fall mm. off, there right? So it's, you need it, 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 nothing, it has nothing to do with the branch itself, I guess, just to That's further right. drive That's home right. that Good point. word. Good word. Yep. 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 So, so Paul goes on to say, quite right. You're right. You're absolutely right. They were broken off because of their unbelief. They were broken off for their unbelief, but uh, but you stand again, you're grafted in, you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited again, that, that high, that lofty thinking in a sinful way, that arrogant thinking, but fear. And we see a similar warning that Paul gives in first Corinthians 10, 12. Um, and that fear there, um, and, and this is, this is true, by the way, the broken off thing is true for anybody, whether it be Jew or Gentile. Um, but that word fear there, phobeo. It literally means to be seized with fear, with reverential fear. And everybody, I mean, you can hear the English word that we get out of that, phobia, right? So, I, I mean, that, it, Paul is saying, but be, like, be afraid, not that you can lose your salvation. That's not it. But be, be afraid in that, that, that reverential way, that, that way of just going, you know, I, I did nothing to deserve this. This is, I, I don't deserve this. This is truly grace and mercy. Like, I, why me? Why any of us? Um, but be be afraid. And 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 you know the, what Paul was was really getting at here. I mean, apostasy. I mean, it it it, it pollutes. It really does. It was polluting the, the 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 nation Israel and what what was going on in Paul's day in the first century. And and it's and it's doing the same thing today. Um, and, and so Paul, Paul's wanting to address this. He said, you know, for if God, verse 21, first, if God did not spare the natural branches, branches, again, another reminder, um, and, uh, he, he will not spare you either. And, and, and Paul, Paul kind of, I mean, he's already kind of talked about this, uh, in, in this section again of, uh, chapter nine verses 30 and 32. Um, uh, he, he kind of deals with that. And then also I wrote down, uh, Look up Ephesians 2, uh, 10, I'm sorry, 11 and 12. So let me flip there real quick. 
uh, and we're going to get into this a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Ephesians 2, 11 and 12. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision uh, by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at a time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel mm -hmm. and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Mm -hmm. Like th th that's who we need to, we need to remember that. Um, yeah. Now, obviously th this is a long way from, you know, Hey, Hey y'all, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Your best life now. You know, we, 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 we need, we, we need, sorry, I'm tired. See, here's the uh, thing. In the, in the opening of his mantra, when he goes, this is my Bible, it is who I yeah. says, I, it says I am. Just read him that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> read, uh, read, read, read him Ephesians 2, please. 11 to, 11 to 2. It says who 12, you, it's, you are who it says you are. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, and, and script, yeah, <laughs> scripture is full of, of these reminders. Right. Revelation three, uh, 16 talks about the, the nominal unbelieving Christians that God's like the lukewarm Christians that, and, and scripture says that God spits them out of his mouth in disgust. You know, uh, I mean, Revelation, uh, Revelation 17, 16 is referred to, uh, as, as a bap, you know, like the, the unbelievers and unbelieving people, especially those who profess, but are unbelieving, the arrogant, the haughty, all of this, like they're referred to as a Babylonian harlot of the end times whom the Lord will cause to be brutally devastated by antichrist. So again, I go back to something we were saying before. If we say we believe in the infallibility, the inerrancy and the sufficiency of scripture, not that we need to walk around with our heads going, oh, woe is me. I'm a sinner and I deserve hell. I mean, no, we, 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 again, there's an opposite side of that where we're encouraged where it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. It's the joy of the Lord. That is our strength. It is, it is the, right. but, but the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom yeah. and, and it's also the beginning of humility. And so if we know where we stand and we know what we, who we are and who we're not, um, right. it's going to get rid of a lot of the haughtiness. Well, and, and I really like how C.S. Lewis put it, right? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking, thinking of yourself, of yourself less. less. Love that quote. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's not you walking around like you were saying, Chris, like, oh, oh, with this woe is me begrudgingly going through life, aren't I? It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're bad, but let's stop thinking about yourself and thinking more about Christ. Right. Cause our identity comes from Christ. Who you are now is that's Christ. Right. right. And that's what we need to be mm. dwelling on is Christ and his glory and what he has done and not dwelling on where we were. Like, yes, let's remember yeah. because it glorifies the gospel. It glorifies what Christ brought us from. But your identity now is found in the person of Christ. That's right. Right. Your that's nature right. has been changed. And and that's that's true all the way around, by the way. And that's, uh, you know, that's that that's one of the big, uh, big issues with. Uh, I'm going to step in it here. Um, that, that That's one of the big issues with the whole critical race theory and intersectionality. Uh, you know, and I, and I, I, uh, I had, I had some pretty strong opinions on it before and, and, and th those are only getting stronger the more I read and, and try to read both sides and, but, but look at what scripture says uh, about who we are. Um, and, and right. scripture's clear. Scripture is clear. Uh, we are 
to be of one mind. Uh, uh, we our identity is in Christ. That's who we are. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll just take this this moment uh, to just just briefly. Uh, there are three passages of Scripture that I wanted us to look at uh, in regards to. Um, being conceited or arrogant or boasting because of uh, ethnicity, uh, nationality. Um, uh, some would call it race. Uh, I agree with Dr. Vodi Bakum that race is an artificial construct that we have developed that is not true. There is only one race. It is the human race. Um, we are descendants of, of, of Adam. Uh, those are our first parents. It, it is, we, there's one race. There's different ethnicities, but there's one race. Um, and, and, and scripture supports that. Um, so to, uh, to, to come out, uh, for the Southern Baptist convention specifically to come out this summer and to say that, that critical rate, and they tried to shove it down everybody's throat, um, really quickly. Um, and, uh, to say that it, it it's an analytical tool. That's not what it is. Um, it, it, and, and, and scripture, again, I'll let scripture speak for itself as far as that goes. So Ephesians two, we were already there. We already read 11 and 12, but we're going to keep going. Verse 13 uh, but now in Christ Jesus, remember we had no hope, we were without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came Let's see, I lost my place. There we go. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have one, our, sorry, our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. That's pretty clear. That's pretty clear. But just in case, just in case there's some who's like, I don't know about that. Philippians, Philippians 1, starting in verse 27, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel in no way alarmed by your opponents which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict in which you saw me, which you saw in me, and now here, and now here to be in me. Chapter two. Therefore, if we already read that, right? I'm, I, I mean, I won't, I won't read it again, but all the way through verse four, it's, we're not looking to our own interest. We are one again. And last one, Colossians three, say Paul, I th- there's a theme here and it goes in order. <laughs> Colossians three, uh, starting in verse nine, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self 
that's crucial, with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. Scripture is clear. If we are Christians, little Christs, if we call and profess Christ as Lord, we are of one body, one kingdom, one household, period. Period. Now, I could I could sit here and un, I, I, I hope people will take those passages and take some time to unpack that, because in the Greek, there are some words that just continue to drive this point home. Uh, go listen to uh, the current ser- series on unity that Dr. John MacArthur is doing. Vodi Bakum talked about racial reconciliation at the Truth Matters Conference. And of course, the By What Standard documentary uh, are, are just are just three places you could go. But scripture is incredibly clear. Um, about who we are to be and what we are to push and promote when it comes to uh, any sort of racism, any sort of of ethnic arrogance, um, whether it be white supremacy uh, or black suppression, fill in the blank, and 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 and, and all of it. it. It all is a sin. It is all an abomination to the Lord, and it goes against what Christ Himself prayed for in John seventeen that they would be us believers would be unified, would be one as He and the Father are one. Well, you know, and it's 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 important to it's important to say too, like especially as we're talking about this, is racism is racism a real thing? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Does it yes. happen? Does it happen in America? Yes, of course, it absolutely. Does. Of course, it does. Right. Um, you can at the exact same time fight racism, believe racism is a demonic uh, belief sent from Satan to defy the church. You can believe that at the exact same time and not agree with critical race theory. Absolutely. Both, both, both are true. So if we're going to actually fight racism with the tools that we have been given, if we believe in sola scriptura and not just sola scriptura when it's convenient, right. Or it fits the cultural norms that are being pushed. That's when you actually truly believe in sola scriptura is when it gets hard. That's right. If we're going to do that and we're going to put our biblical counseling caps on here. Right. Yes. Yes. Scripture is sufficient to heal everything. Amen. Amen. And there's nothing. Scripture is scripture is sufficient to heal everything. Mm. Now, again, we're not talking about smacking somebody with a migraine over the head with your Reformation study Bible. Right. We're not talking about this (laughs) this magical healing. But in terms of relationships, spiritual problems racism there is yeah. nothing that will dig out the sin of racism faster mm-hmm. than the gospel Amen. yeah right and what we and what we have lost sight again we're in the battlefield trying to fight without bullets we're hamstringing the horse and racism is a huge problem in america right. it's a problem in the church it's here it is it actually is and we're trying to fight it with yes. something that doesn't work we're fighting it with something that further divides the lines, makes the lines between people that should be loving each other and should be helping each other through the gospel. We're trying to fix it with something that's just making those lines more established. And what the gospel does is says, no, look, look at all of you, you and you and you, you have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is your unity. Now let's 
Mm-hmm. Let's continue to live and work with each other and work through these problems that are here under the banner of we are unified in Christ. Because of that, we can work through this. Yeah. So, right. so going back to when you asked the question, is racism sin? And we would all say, yes, racism is sin. Yes. Now, is racism being sin, is it only uh, embedded in one certain type of people? Or because it is sin, is it embedded in all types of people? The, the capacity Rac- for racism, in no matter what ethnicity you are. Racism at its root is forgetting that that person is made in the same image of the same God that you were. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's what racism is at its core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now when, when, once we, we, we established that racism is sin and that because racism is sin and, and we are uh, of a fallen nature, come from a fallen nature, everyone has the capacity for that sin. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Once we bring in the idea of critical race theory, what you have to do in order for it to for critical race theory to even work is you have to take one race and you have to elevate it and place it on a platform above all the others. That's right. That's right. So, right. so now that's right. The it's, 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 isn't it's, it's level rooted in anymore. No. No, no. Critical race theory and intersectionality is rooted in, uh, I said it before, Marxism. It is, uh, it is, it is the call for, and, and, and you'll hear this a lot, the call for white people to, uh, uh, to divorce themselves from their whiteness, to, uh, to realize that they are oppressors and they don't even know it and that they have to repent of the racism that they don't even know that they've committed and the benefits of the benefits of the, the supremacy that they've experienced just because they're white and they have to repent of that. Uh, and, and so, so to say, and, and that's just a surface level, you, you guys, that, that is just a surface level description of some of the, the nonsense that you will hear coming out of that. Now, I think that that brings up a good point that Josh, you, you brought it up too, right? Put our biblical counseling hats on. We do have to acknowledge that racism exists. We do have to acknowledge oh, yeah. um, and deal with that. We have to deal with that. We have to encourage people to run to scripture, to allow the Holy Spirit through his word to heal their hearts. If people have experienced that truly, really, if they have. Um, now, that does not mean that does not mean that in order to properly interpret scripture and theology and hermeneutics when it comes to God's word, that it has to be sent through a the filter of intersectionality right that we don't truly understand what this means without applying critical race theory as an analytical tool and that's the problem is that our society and our and our churches right now have it backwards again we're hamstringing the horse we don't put scripture through any filter scripture is the filter mm. right there you go and when we start taking society and the norms and the things that they say we need to be interpreting things through and then they take the bible and put it through that, like as that, that is blasphemous. Absolutely. You are saying that God's word is not good enough for our society, that we need some sort of filter to make it more applicable to something that we're going through. You're right. saying that God, God doesn't have 
in his word, the ability to heal these it's relationships. It's denial of the sufficiency of scripture. Right. And, and, and guys, and you, I, you both have said it before, and I want our listeners to really, really like, really look at this. Every problem you see in society is coming back to this issue. Yes. Every problem that we have talked about on here, whether it's racism or divorce or pornography or pride, whatever it is, it comes back to not believing the word of God is sufficient. We have to not believe that. It, not that's right. Not believing it, but but and and most importantly, most importantly, not living it, not showing it in our actions and words. You know, I have a wallpaper on my phone right now from the Reform Society, and it's a Thomas Watson quote, and it and and I love seeing it every time my phone opens up. Obedience is an excellent way of commenting upon the Bible. And go. that's that that's what we're not seeing when it comes to when it comes to people that are sh pushing this agenda that are that are saying that uh, that, that we have to divulge ourselves of our whiteness, that um, that, you know, when uh, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker had a whole podcast where they said when forgiveness isn't woke enough. You know, I, I mean, where, where, where they deal with this. I mean, this is, it's just one of those things that, that it isn't enough that we say, I heard RC Sproul talking about this. I was listening to one of his messages yesterday where he's saying, it's not enough to say that we believe in the inerrancy of scripture. We have to show, we have to show in the way that we live our lives by our obedience and how, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, how we love everyone. That is going to be our showing that we believe in the sufficiency of scripture. That is one of the biggest ways that we can do it right there. And that's what's not happening. Well, what um, we're seeing is a lot of w with this is the culture uh, influencing the church. And what I mean by that is I'm going to I'm going to talk uh, go into this aspect where uh, you have people in the culture, whether you're a celebrity or whatever. And uh, 10 years ago, they made a tweet that was anti LGBTQ RST whatever, right? The the LGBT community gets a hold of it. They demand an apology. An apology comes, but the apology comes only to be rejected. So not what enough. this is doing, yeah, it's, it's the the apology is not enough. So w this comes into the church through critical race theory, and now you're saying they're saying, well, you must repent of your ancestors, whether you had ancestors who did it or not, because um, how do they know? Um, but just because you're white, automatically you're labeled as that. We demand a a an apology. And then you just give an apology, but that's not enough. And There's you have to, yeah, you have to repent like of your ancestors' sins, guys. And here's what? the thing that you know, this is what kills me. I'm really, really Norwegian, like really Norwegian. <laughs> My grandparents came over on the boat. If I need to be apologizing to anybody, it's the Irish for all the pillaging <laughs> and the plundering that my people did. We're good now, mm -hmm. like like we're fine, right? But that's mm -hmm. that's part that's part of this argument is that it can't even be internally consistent. That's right. Right. There are so many people here who like mm -hmm. their grandparents weren't even in America during the that's time right. of slavery. Right. right? I mean and slavery that was wrong. That was demonic. That was horrible. That is anti-gospel. And absolutely that should not have happened. Mm -hmm. But, but what a lot of people don't want to hear, oh, right? And my, yeah, my exactly. exactly. And my grandparents were here, but that doesn't mean that but, I can't fight against racism, right? Right. Well, and there, can, can I can I just say too? Oh, to sorry. 
getting excited. Uh, can, can I just say too that it's you know if you're going to speak into something, you at least have all the information. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so some of the first slaves that came over from Africa were owned by other Africans. Yep. It didn't. It didn't even start with white people. Well, not that, only that. I mean, even thing. if you go to Africa today, there's still slavery in Africa by other there, Africans. There, well, there's. I mean, there's slavery everywhere. But I mean, you it's, won't it's, hear it's about issue. that. Yeah, you won't no. you won't hear about that. Why? Because critical race theory, it can only apply in America. That's where well, the argument can only be made. And as far as the church goes, and then we, we need to we need to finish up the text here. But as far as as far as the church goes, um, I, I I'll throw in uh, you know th- this this fun little nugget. Um, you know, uh, I remember a few years ago, uh, Louis Giglio was invited to to I think do the prayer at inauguration for President yeah. Obama's second term, um, yeah. Yeah. and and he preached a sermon years ago at North Point Community Church where he called out sin homosexuality being a sin. So what happened? The LGBTQA plus 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 people got a hold of this sermon and 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 what did Louis do? He backed out. You know, what do we see from guys like Carl Lentz going on the view and and them asking oh, is homosexuality a sin? Is it a, is it a sin in your church to have an abortion? Well, you know, like and they him haw around about it. And so I will throw out there that part of and I agree with Dr. Tom Askell um, and I think we're all we, we're all guilty of this at one point or another. The fear of man, right? The the fear to stand up and say no, like and and I love the way. And, and again, if you watch the film by what standard, when 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 Resolution Nine and the Southern Baptist Convention was brought to the floor, Tom said, and uh, Tom Askell and Tom Buck both said that I hope you take this as a friendly uh admonishment or i can't remember exactly but they said friendly and the guy that's standing on stage uh, uh, it's not matthew hall i can't remember his name now but he's a big proponent of, C- of crt like he says well we don't take it as we take it as unfriendly because it be, but it was true it aligned with scripture but he took it as unfriendly because it flies in their face but how many times do we see in pulpits across this country that pastors are afraid to stand up and say no Yes, racism is a problem. Yes, we will fight it by loving everybody the way that Christ loved. That's the goal. The gospel's the goal. Scripture is, Josh, to your point, Scripture is sufficient to heal, but we will not stand up and we will not say that we're going to use something like CRT or intersectionality or we have to have uh, you know, soft complementarianism to, to be able to properly interpret Scripture. Absolutely not. But easy believism. The refusal of confronting sin and preaching repentance and and truly presenting the whole gospel, mm-hmm. the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. And I'll push pause there. And say, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Chris, you know, we talked earlier today and I mentioned this um, for those who are dealing with controversial subjects and, and especially receiving a lot of pushback. Now, regardless of whether you're a Doug Wilson fan or not, um, uh, this is a quote from him, and I, I believe it's pretty spot on. He recently did a discussion with Dr. James White about uh, uh, federal vision, uh, just kind of clarifying some things. Uh, but Doug said, he said, just like in war, if you're a plane flying over the target, you're going to get shot at. So if you're saying something and you're getting a lot of pushback 
from people, especially if you're holding to biblical truths and you're getting a lot of pushback from people who claim to hold the scripture, but, but you're seeing that they really don't, chances are you're, you're right over the target. You're, you're firing at something people don't want you to shoot at. Right. And to link that back to kind of our opening, our opening rift who talking about the, the, the blog that will go unnamed, you know, mm-hmm. and their the way that they were handling one of the uh, Bethel kids passing away. There, make sure that you're getting shot at because of what you say, not how you say it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because is are are the critiques and the kind of calling out of what that blog was doing true? Yeah, sure. like yeah. you know, if you know, if the Bethel team claims to raise raise the dead. They should have picked that little girl. Right. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's it's true. Right. But it's important how you say things yeah. as well. That's it doesn't just Paul give just you said. the right to fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Paul yeah. says quite right. They were broken off for unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, pa- Paul's confirming that, that that's true. Yeah. What you're saying is true, but how you're saying it and the that's attitude right. behind it, that that's the problem. And I agree. And I, I mean, I, I agree with Doug Wilson right there. And, and at the same time, I, Josh, I'll add an extra layer on there. And something that I've learned the hard way is, is make sure you're, you know, yes, scripture tells us to publicly, uh, especially those who are, who are, who are leading people astray publicly to call them out publicly to avoid yep. them. Scripture is mm-hmm. absolutely yep. clear about that. Um, yep. But first and foremost, make sure you're attacking the teaching. Yeah, versus the right. teacher mm-hmm. first. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean don't call them out, um, but we do it in love as mm-hmm. well. You know, again, yeah. and I loved guys. Oh, I, I hope you guys get to watch that. But hearing Doctor Askell say, you know, you know, this is this is a friendly an amendment that we want added. You know, please receive it that way. Um, and and he was he was saying it in that tone, like please don't don't take this as unfriendly. Um, but it's the, it's the same thing. Now, if you're getting fired upon, if because you're fighting and you're standing up uh, for, for the truth and you're doing it in love, but you are standing firm, uh, then absolutely, you know, you're, you're catching the flack because you're flying over the target and bombs away and the bombs are the word of God. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yeah. Yep. So uh, let's finish these three verses real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. this, this is great. I got a I mean, Let's hurry. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, so, so Paul there, verse 22 is saying, behold. Right. Horao, look, see, pay attention to, perceive, discern, experience. Look at this. Behold, focus. Then uh, focus, then the kindness, the severity and the severity of God, the sharpness, the steepness, the roughness to those who fell. Notice that's in the past tense. And and the, the, again, he says severity. Right. Uh, he's saying the severity again, those who fell, their severity that they experience. OK, uh, but to you, God's kindness. And we see kindness here a whole lot. If you continue present tense, if you continue in his kindness, otherwise you yourself will also be cut off. OK, and that cut off, I mean, literally is cutting right off, cutting off quickly. Um uh, and, and, and going back to those who fell, I mean, th- those, those are those who fell down. They're completely ruined. 
Uh, but we, but we who have received the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the the the, the compassion, as Roman nine, Romans nine says, of God, we continue in that kindness. And that speaks right that to what Josh was saying. Just yep, just a exactly, ago. exactly, exactly. And we, and we have to remember, right? We we talked about that. That that true, uh, you know, we continue in that kindness. That true saving faith has has as as it's continual. Right there's evidence, there's fruit of that. Um, it's evidenced by perseverance. It's His holding on to us, but we're holding on to Him as well. And there's fruit of that. And Scripture is is uh, replete. Is that a word? Yeah, it's a word. Uh, of 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 encouragement. John eight thirty one, John fifteen five and six, Colossians one twenty two and twenty three, Hebrews three, First John two, are all places that we can go. Um, to, to be encouraged by that. Uh, so verse 23, and they also, remember the they is Israel, the nation Israel. Who are we talking about here? The whole chapter, the whole section, 9 through 11. Uh, and they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief. And that, remember, that is the only hindrance from being inside uh, uh, the invisible church is unbelief. Uh, R.C. Sproul says that is the unpardonable sin unbelief. Um, and so there's a quote here I wanted to read by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Um, uh, it says uh, in, in his commentary on Romans 11, he says this quote, uh, they also, uh, he's quoting the scripture here in the authorized version, if they abide not still in unbelief shall be grafted in. Uh, is there significance in this? Well, I think there is. Because again, he is safeguarding a very important and very vital truth to which uh, is that of man's responsibility. Man is responsible for his damnation, but he is never responsible for his salvation. Now you may say to me, how can you reconcile those? It's not up to us to reconcile them. That is what we call anonymity. It is what is plainly taught in scripture. The doctrine of election must never be supposed to teach that man is not responsible. Man is responsible. And everywhere we have seen so plainly and so clearly that if a man ends in damnation, it is his own fault and his responsibility. But it is equally clear that it is God who saves and that no man saves himself. That is why the apostle puts it in the negative here rather than the positive. Close quote. Yeah, is that was that Spurgeon or is that uh, Whitfield that talked about the sovereignty of man and the re- or the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man being like the railroad tracks that meet? It had to be Spurgeon because the railroad wasn't around during Whitfield. So, yeah, but uh, Spurgeon. the the railroad tracks that are parallel to one another, but off in the distance they meet, they converge. Right. right, but That's we don't right. know how. But but. They're, they're parallel to one another. That's right. Yep. That's right. Well, and, and remember, like he says, in, yeah, in verse 23, uh, if they continue in their own, if they do not continue in their own belief, they will be grafted in again for, and remember now, again, Israel, it's, it's, and this is an important distinction, right? We've been talking about this and, and we've, we've said this in each episode. I want to say it again. Um, this is not referring to first century Jews who rejected, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's the ethnic nationality 
of the Jews. It's not the individuals, but it's the remnant, the elect nation inside the nation. Okay. I think we've said that a few times. Actually, I think we said that already tonight. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Um, so, um, but, but God is that, that last part of verse 23 is huge for God is able. There is nothing impossible, nothing outside of the power of God. God is able to graft them in again. And so he's continuing the same point in verse 24. For if, uh, for, for if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Okay, and we said this earlier, but he's driving this home. How impossible is it that God would graft wild olives? And I love it that Josh, you've done this because that just brings some 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 power to that illustration that Paul is doing just for us today. Um, if God's able to graft in the wild olives, um, uh, the bad graft into a good stock and a good tree, it's contrary to nature. Nature, it shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. Uh, the, the, the Gentiles were outside of the covenant of God. Remember Romans nine, four through five talks about that. Um, they were considered to be unnatural outside again, going back to Ephesians or, uh, uh, yeah, Ephesians without God, without hope in the world. Okay. Um, and, uh, Paul or Peter in first Peter says that, that you were not, once you were not a people, now you are God's people. Uh, so Martin Lloyd Jones asked the question, how much easier, quote, how much easier uh, ought it to be for a Jew to become a Christian? Mm. And that is that is the truth. Um, so and yeah. he's just driving that point home. I mean, the, the Jews have the they have and they had the the Old Testament teachings and promises and rituals. And 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 so how much easier should it be for when the Lord does remove the blinders from their eyes and gives them the faith to believe, re- regenerates them, gives them hope uh, that they they see that. And, the, and then they confess what we see in Isaiah 53. Um, it, it is so much easier than 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 the salvation of a Gentile. So yeah. because of the, the foundation that they should already have. So. Yeah, the entirety of it points to Christ. It points to the glory of Christ. It points to his power in salvation, right? And his sovereignty over that and the perfect plan that he had, you know, and I've, I've got a bounce here, but I'd like to give, I, if, if it's okay, I'd like to read the next two verses because I think that'd be an amazing way to end verse 25 actually. Yeah. Through 27, three verses. Yeah, says, lest you be wise in your own sight. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. Right. All those that God has called will be saved. None will be left behind. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. That's Jesus. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Mm. Merry Christmas, everybody. Isaiah that is, it is that that is the point. You want to end racism? Do you Ooh, want to end do you want to end pain? Do you want to end the the strife that we have between brothers and in the church? Do you want to end all that? Look to Christ. All Israel will be saved. We are standing in a row 
on the same level ground, looking to Christ and praising him for what he has done for us. Amen. That is what will get rid of racism. Mm. Amen. Mm. Come on, man. No better way to end it than that. Um, I think, I, I think that will do it for this episode on Romans 11. Uh, make sure you catch us next time when we we're gonna pick we're gonna start where where Josh uh, just went in at twenty five and we're gonna take it all the way to thirty two but we're going yep. to uh, we're gonna end it there because that's powerful that's strong man uh, that is strong so we love you guys uh, thank you for listening go in God's grace we'll catch you next time. <laughs>